Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR 449. It's AEW Full Gear 2022 and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team up first. By my side for every WWE and AEW pay-per-view is, of course, the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. We're so excited for an AEW pay-per-view. Hopefully, today is the day that the tide turns back into the positive for AEW. Because it's been quite a tough road so Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a rocky year, I would say, in terms of not just um like wrestling content. I just mean in terms of everything outside of the of the wrestling uh, TV world. So, uh, yeah, it is. It looks like it's a good, maybe a good end um, of the year for AEW. But we'll get into it. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. We're up next, a man who is our resident NXT and New Japan expert. Uh, it is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm freshly 27. Uh, I'm not hungover somehow. And uh, this is my time of year, so I'm in a good mood, and I'm ready to review this. So, yeah, I'm doing good, good as I can be. So it was your, it's been your birthday recently. I think that's subtle hint. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. You forgot mine, so hey, it's the same. <laughs> I didn't forget. I think I, I told you happy birthday. I think afterwards, something yeah, like that. Now, that counts. We're both we're both right, telling we're... each other happy. <laughs> yeah, we're both yeah. doing a little late. It's fine. It's okay. Twenty seven. Okay. God, I met one. No, that was it. You back 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 in the day. Uh, but I'm glad to have you on. And like Jaxie said, I think our year end show is going to be like eight hours long with the amount of shit that's happened in 2022. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens then. Uh, we'll carry on last, but by no means least. Uh, well, it's weird because I looked up a new word and it was genovoyant, which, you know, you guys might not know, but it's a person who has a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal contact. <laughs> and of course, that is genius. Gina, how's it going? You know, that is a very, very fitting description for me. I'd like to take that as a compliment. I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, a little bit freaked out by your super, super can I, hero powers now. But again, you know, it's good to be proved. It's, you know, like I said, but it is scary. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to lie and say this hasn't happened before because it actually has. And I've freaked myself out. So to be honest, I can completely understand why you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, just get I out mean, of my move head. Over, move, over, uh, move over, Claire. Ain't no more clairvoyant. It's all about Gina. It's Gina voyant now. Gina voyant. That's her next T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Gina voyant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck Claire. It's now Gina. Oh, yeah. Fuck I, Claire. I it's, like, like, it's, it's the G-site. Yes, you are. Uh, yes, it's the G-site. I like that. I like that. Let's go with G-Site. Well, I would say thanks to everyone who listened to our live pre-show. We actually had a blast doing it. And we had a great response as well for everybody. I think it's the most response we had. Because usually, you know, over the kind of week into it. But as it was live and as the paper was there, kind of instant responses as well, which is really, really good. One thing I didn't mention, and someone actually did. Gina, there is someone out there who must really love you, because I did get an email saying I didn't mention it was your official one-year anniversary on the last podcast. So you've been here one year now. 
Congratulations. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice myself, if I'm truly honest. So thank you to that person for pointing it out. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, I, I'm just glad that I've not been let go so far. So. Well, we'll see what happens today. But that's, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. But... You can't lose me that easily now. You can't lose me that easily. <laughs> well, I forgot your anniversary. I forgot Monty's birthday. So there we go. I guess we're all even uh, as we head in to AEW <laughs> Full Gear, November 19th. And let's start with the buy-in. The Knights in reaction kicked off with 10-man action as the All-Atlantic champion, Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor promised a very mysterious, very evil partner to battle the factories. Lee Johnson, Cole Carter and QT Marshall. This was a straightforward tag match. They gave way to a good finish as Dan Housen emerged from the jaws of comedy. A darker, more intense and aggressive version of himself than we've seen at this point in AEW. He obliterated Marshall with a German suplex, pulled a jar of teeth in the mouth of Camarato and blasted him with a kick for the win. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this match of the Bayern? Um, I thought it was uh, okay. Um, again, it's difficult because I want to say it's a good match and, you know, the factory aren't bad wrestlers, but no one believes they're really going to win. So it's, it's really just a way to sort of like warm the crowd up, you know? So, I mean, the match was fine, but it just, it didn't do anything for me. That's probably why it's on the pre-show, you know? Yeah, but you felt sorry for Cole Carter. I mean, not for anything he did in the yeah. match. <laughs> but on Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, you did say to me, because he's got no hyperlink. You see, because no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you've been typing That was me pitying him, like, blessing me. He didn't even, they couldn't even be bothered to hyperlink his name. So it was more pity. But now I feel like that's even worse. Yeah, I know. You didn't even want to go into him. Uh, we I'm got just a, digging myself a hole here. Yeah, we got a teeth chart, though. Uh, and QT is a great heel. It's a shame he's the manager of the LA Rams. Does that work? I have no idea. I did that for you. Is that funny? Are they a good team? What? <laughs> That, was that a good team? I mean, they, they're, they're, they're deep, I guess. They're not. They just won the Super Bowl, but they suck this year. So. Right, yeah. yeah, you're in between. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, okay. Well, well, they need some work. Uh, and the title in the bag <laughs> doesn't make sense because you can have the belt over your shoulder like a fucking bag. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they say he doesn't, like, carrying things. I'm like, he's going to have to hold it either way. <laughs> Put it on your waist, dude. <laughs> it's just a bit weird. I mean, that's... It's four, right? It's orange Cassidy, though. Yeah, different for no reason. <laughs> I, but I do think that this somehow dimi- diminishes, like the whatever prospect, uh, whatever, like with the title itself. It's not really being sort of advertised or shown in a way that I think is like helping to to make it prestige enough, you know. So it doesn't really feel important because it's always in a bag over a shoulder. Yeah, I agree, but I know like the Cassidy character's a bit like, you know, Gina of like, you know, whatever. So, it, you know, I suppose we'll see what happens. Uh, Gina, yeah. what about you, Gina? I also for, feel sorry, like that's not making, um, I just, sorry to add on this last part, but I also just feel like even though that's Orange Cassidy's character, is not doing anything to elevate the belt. So I just feel like it may have been the wrong move putting the belt on him this early on. 
but then again, we'll we'll see what's to come because it's not been a full year since the belt's been out yet. So maybe yeah. I'm just being too harsh. No, to be fair, you could argue that every belt this year awarded by Tony might not have been the right or wrong choice. Uh, but I was going to say, Gina, I've been talking to you about Danhausen. What about a new dangerous Danhausen? Does that do anything? Um, yeah, I, I, I'll admit that I started to like Dan a little bit more the more that he was put in storylines. So the storylines that he put in was, you know, put, for me that worked. Um, and it kind of like made his character a little bit more understandable, I guess, for me. Um He's still not exactly my favourite character. I'm not as annoyed when I see him as much, but um, we'll, we'll see. A, a, maybe a darker Danhausen is is more ideal, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, we'll see what happens, see if he can improve. Like I said, it's a different step for him. This match kind of did the job I think needed. Jaxie, what would you score that out of five? Um, it was a good match. I'll give it a three and a half. Monty, what about you? Yeah, about what I expected from a QT Marshall pre-show match. And like you said, Evil Dan House and added something to it. So, three stars for me. And Gina? Yeah, I gave it a three star. Uh, predictions. Well, the prediction leaves before full gear. Uh, of course, we've got the bonus league. Jackson over Monty on eight. I'm on 12. For the W pay-per-view league. Gina five and well me and Gina on five. Gina, um, Monty and Jaxie on seven. The AW prediction league, of course, we're doing today. Monty is on one with Gina. Jaxie's on two. I'm on three. So Jaxie needs to win this pay per view, and basically hope I well needs to beat me in whatever scores happen there. Um, and if Jaxie does get the win, she finishes level points. We'll both get two. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, all faces this time rounds all gone one nil up. And you know what? Again, talk about the response from live show. I actually got some love. I can't remember the last time I got some love from listening, <laughs> actually praising saying I do. And of course, we all know what it was. It was the pronunciation of Kazul Chica or Kana. And I'm going to try it again. All right. So hold your fucking hats because a certain wrestler was confirmed as All Elite. And that wrestler, Kanosuke. Takeshita! Fucking game. Hey. <laughs> Yay! That was really good. That was really well done. Yes, I win again. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Uh, it's been a great episode. No, I joke. But yes, so Takeshita is all a be fun. And then we've got the full gear, world title, eliminated tournament, semi-final, Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Starks sold injured ribs caused by Lance Archer. And Cage just 24 hours early on Rampage. They were the target. The machines attack blue early and often forcing the babyface to fight back from underneath. He did just that, delivering a destroyer pile driver and putting Cage away with the Rochambeau win. Gina, what do you Um, I think it was a good match. I think it, it kind of just... I think they both work well together because they have had a few matches against each other already. So they kind of knew how hard they could go with each other. Um, it was entertaining to watch, and the crowd were all behind Ricky. He was just getting, you know, so many chants. So it was kind of nice to see that and just know that this, like, storyline that he's doing is pulling off. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I kind of saw this outcome coming because I have the G site and because I have faith <laughs> in my Ricky. 
That's it. Ricky Selling is on point. Uh, and Taz knows both. Uh, obviously, talking about, you know, Team Taz and the connection there. And Ethan Page on commentary was asking for pointers where, obviously, he's facing the winner in the next match of Dynamite. It made sense. And Ethan Page actually made me laugh out loud by saying Brian Cage had a great switch. <laughs> Just brilliant. Uh, and if I'm Brian Cage... Oh, my Cage... gosh. I was laughing so hard at that, James, when he said that. He said it so seriously as well. <laughs> uh, right, I didn't know how many people actually caught him saying that on commentary, but it was brilliant. <laughs> I thought, what? He has, though. But he has got great set tits. That's how I will... Yeah, they're definitely better than mine. So, you know, I'm a little bit jealous there. Okay, moving on. So if I'm Brian Cage, I'm going to Japan <laughs> as soon as possible. I mean, Monty, they would treat Brian Cage like an absolute monster. Yeah, and he, uh, they really like, you know, like he's kind of like in the Jeff Cobb range of guys who can be like not only not just in like what of being physically strong and being impressive, but he's a great athlete. Like he does things the guys his size shouldn't be able to do, and he's able to just throw you around and be a great power guy. So. Yeah, I think he would fit in uh, really well over in Japan, uh, especially you put him with the right uh, baby face or someone that's going to uh, sell for him, kind of like Ricky did here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Brian Cage definitely has all the uh, tools when it comes to being a great power guy in any company around the world, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say Japan. But... Him versus Hikaleo. Yeah, yeah. Him and Leo, Hikaleo, yeah. Exactly. Like you, can, you have a lot of great matches. Him and Ishii, even though like the size, you wouldn't think would match up. Match up, but Ishii is like physical. So like, you know, Shingo, like a lot of yeah, it'd be great. He could do. He could have great matches with all. Of course, Okada. You know, all. You know, he could have great matches with anyone on the New Japan roster. But like you said, yeah, he's Brian Cage has been great. Like I, I liked him even in the Impact days. You know, so so yeah. I think he's yeah. he's he's always been solid in the ring. I think it's just more so about like microphone. And character work, and guess what? We know in Japan that really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do I have to add my my um sort of dream match for Brian Cage if he went over to New Japan. I really would love to see Brian Cage versus the Great Okan. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, our hero, and every and like I said, there's so many possibilities, but have you just not used him right? Um, so it's just it's one of these things. But like I said, the finish looked good. And I thought it was in the right match. Gina, what would you score out of five? Yeah, I enjoyed the match. I gave it a four and a half. Uh -huh. uh, Jaxie? Yeah, I thought this match was good. I gave it a 3.75. Um, Monty? The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same, I Do gave you think it. Who was in this match, Okay, <laughs> I've got to be biased just because of it. It's your man. Each time I have to break an Okada match, and I give it a 3.75, and you feel bitch-slapped in the face, you can suck on it. Wow. <laughs> oh, do you know what, James? I'm giving it a four. I'm giving it a four, otherwise I'm losing a sister tonight. So I'm giving it a four. That's why I thought. Are you satisfied now, sis? I am. Very much. I'm my points. Um, Monty, <laughs> what are you going to score it? I wanted to say three and three quarters, but I don't know if I... Don't do, it, Monty. don't do it, Monty. Don't do it. Don't do it. She's going to bully you. 3.9. How about this? 3.9? No? Is that a good enough phrase? Do I have to go up to four? Three and three quarters, Dan. I'm sticking with it. Oh, sorry. Go. I'm so sorry, dude. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to succumb to pressure like that, I would never would. I'm going to give that five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at someone trying to get some brownie points here. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to give it three and three quarters. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> Wait, so why is it I'm the only one who gets this shit? And I bet you she won't say anything to you. <laughs> yeah. I've already changed the outfit. The boys are in the doghouse tonight, and that's that. Damn. <laughs> See, we stay out there, so we fine. Do you know, do you know what's the funniest <laughs> thing? Yeah, people... <laughs> it's, it's literally the second match. Just imagine. <laughs> right? We haven't right? even got to the... Yeah, but it's wow. right for you guys because you guys will be able to be like, okay, after the podcast, bye guys. Whereas me, I will get her calling me and giving me shit. So I'm saving myself a headache for later. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, predictions: We all went Starks. Luckily, because otherwise Gina would be after us. <laughs> we all went on two points. We then had Eddie Kingston. Versus, uh, anyway, but Jun Akiyama. Well, I think Akiyama. Good there enough. There you go. Yeah. Good job. I'm getting. I don't want to get too many yeah. because then other people might expect that every. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Especially when we get to like the tag league. I'm going to be fucking. But anyway. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. You're getting there. Eddie Kingston was emotional with Renee Paquette prior to the contest. The enormity of the match and what it meant to him was obvious. He rode that emotion into the and he wasted little time on loads on the man who was silently influential to the pro wrestler he would become. We saw a hard-hitting strong style and they beat the hell out of each other, trading chest-reddling chops for tossing each other around and exploded suplexes. Akiyama rocked Kingston with an exposed knee, but not, uh, could not keep him down. Kingston absorbed, withstood, and blasted Akiyama with a back fist for the hard-fought victory. Nothing mattered as much as the tearful show of respect by Kingston to Akiyama afterwards, and it's this emotion that makes pro wrestling so damn special at its best uh monty this was good fun yeah man this is great and uh it was personal too like you mentioned earlier for eddie you can see it you know obviously after the match but even throughout it and uh, i i do have to give props to aw for even booking it because we you know like i said you just felt you could tell how real this was and uh it would give him uh, a lot of time to finish out uh, even you know uh the, well, i don't know what they call it. what do they call it pre-show the uh, oh fuck! But, I don't um, know. It doesn't matter. It's zero hour show. now. Zero hour. Zero hour. Get it right. Yeah. yeah. Point. Okay. Bonus point. That's... <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. Damn it. No. No bonus. You're slick. <laughs> I was happy though with this. Uh, like I said, the time that they were given, it was definitely strong style. Uh, definitely King's Road style, as they mentioned on commentary. They were throwing strikes and chops. Uh, they had me in my element, of course. Uh, you got to see a legend at work here. You know, it was physical, and I thought the exchanges between the two were uh, were executed well. And you could just see this match the way it was crafted. It had Parisu or Japanese professional wrestling. Uh, it just had it written all over. It was very evident. So I really enjoyed this. I gave it four stars. So it was like you said, really good fun. Yeah, really well. Eddie seems to be in this position recently, though, on the kind of like I said, the buying slash zero hour. Yeah, kind of getting everybody. Even so much so, he said, "Hey, people at home." It's seven fifty-three and forty seconds. It's all a goddamn pay-per-view. That... Just buy it. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Uh, like I said, fun match. I'm going to give that four as well. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, um, I have to agree with what uh, everything that Monty said. Really, I felt from Eddie's promo uh, on how emotional 
emotional he was. I felt the nerves for him going into this match. And I just genuinely ended up feeling more and more like in, invested in this match. Um, I just really loved it. So I'm going to give it a four as well. Uh, I just felt like I was kind of there in that moment with Eddie. And it was such a great feel-good uh, match itself. Um, you could tell that there was such a level of respect uh, on either side for either wrestler. Um, and it's just lovely to see those type of matches sometimes. Yeah, without shadow of a doubt. Gina, what do you score it? Uh, yeah, I gave it a four as well. Like you all said, it was a good match. And to be honest, I'm quite biased because I really love Eddie and every match that he has, I really enjoy because he just brings his personality into his wrestling. And so you just can't help but feel the same emotions he feels. So, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, our well, predictions, we all went Eddie. Uh, so we all freed up at this moment in time. Uh, JR joins the team and the main show starts with a steel cage match Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus of course the big man dominated the action overwhelming his small opponent he blooded his former friend and intimidated referee Bryce Rimsberg when the official attempted to buy Perry time Cage found himself dragged to the back by security but even without his presence to dominate that is until a massive destroyer. Still, chairs and tables came into play. The result of the fight spinning outside the cage after Christian unlocked the door. Perry was repeatedly forced to fight from underneath, and he did overcome his opponent's advantage to live an elbow drop from the top of the cage and apply the snare trap. Victory. Um, only in AEW whilst the match is taking place. But again, uh, Jackson, <laughs> what did you... I mean, th- this just went hard real quick. You know, this went from like... Um two to ten within the space of five minutes you know you had jungle boy just sort of already ripped open um you know i i actually i think i said to to gina um oh god john moxie would be so proud right now you know um with this i i also was just kind of thinking to myself oh um I, I started to hesitate and think, oh, is it going to go the other way? And then all of a sudden there's going to be a massive upset and, and that's going to be like how it starts AEW's pay-per-view. But it, overall, it was a great match. Um, both men like had a lot of trust in one another uh, in this match, just watching them um, sort of like, you know, take some, some real sort of uh, risks when it came to being in the cage. They really tried to like make use of the space um, and I appreciated that because you just kind of, it, it kind of felt like it was out of both of their comfort zones, but it also looked like they were really willing to like give it their all. So I have to commend both wrestlers because I think it went really well. Um, and I, I think it went hard. It was really nice to kind of even see Jungle Boy coming out as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, so I appreciated all of that. Yeah. Like we said, Star is born. It's Jungle Man now. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen soon, isn't it? Uh, but like yep. I said, a great way to start the show. Great visuals as well. And mm. because of AEW's pay-per-view schedule, Christian should be healed up by the next pay-per-view. So we probably have that match as well. I mean, I, I, I'd quite like it if, if that is the case. Just because, like I said, I think on the live show, I kind of don't want Jungle Boy going into the new year, like still in this sort of storyline. Like, you know, if, he, if it, this is his sort of growing into sort of the man um, sort of uh, storyline that's happening right now that we need to stick with that. So if we can actually nip this in the bud and sort of get him versus Christian over and done with, I don't mean it like that as in get it over and done with like I'm bored, but just be more the case of I'm really intrigued and excited to see where Jungle Boy's solo career is going to go. Mm. And I kind of would like to see sort of 
that start from the new year, especially as we are getting towards the end of the year. So with any luck, it could work out. Well, I hope so. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. What have you scored that out of five? I'm going to give it a four and a half. I thought it went really well. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, I, I, like you said, blood in a first of all, blood in a cage to kick off a car is very AEW. But it's something I thought I I never really seen like before. Like starting, I don't think you have a lot of uh, cage match to kick off, but it's already blood everywhere. But they had a lot of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker uh, callbacks in the match. You know, the tombstones and like you mentioned, the diving elbow, diving elbow off the top. So. This was really a war, uh, and I thought this was a payoff to the, at least the Luchasaurus part of this feud. We all know Jungle Boy or Jack Perry needed this, and I do like, like you mentioned, it just does feel like the end of the Jungle Boy era and the beginning of the Jack Perry era. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next. I gave it four stars. Good stuff. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I always enjoy steel cage matches. Um, and again, just as Monty said, they gave some really good, like, sort of nostalgic feels with the moves that they were pulling off in the match. Um, so, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I gave it a four and a quarter. So um, it was a great way to start off the full gear show, for sure. Yeah, right. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Really, really good way to start. Predictions all went Jungle Boy, all on four. Uh, so perfect scores on. All right, I'm not gonna not gonna shout too soon. Four and four. Unfortunately, if this was WWE show, we'd have two matches left because it's AEW. We've got nine, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. And it's the trios championship next: the Elite versus Death Triangle. The Elite returned from their suspension at the arena to carry on my one by Kansas. I mean, love them or hate them, uh, they did return. I wonder how much Tony did pay for that. Not Bray Wyatt level, but. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, fuck CM Punk as well. I mean, that, I mean, Monty, what the fuck? You know, what do you think about that? The, talk about <laughs> fans. Fickle. Fickle fans. Right? For years, uh, I wanted them to stop chanting CM Punk well after he stopped <laughs> working for WWE. So it's just it's crazy <laughs> to see how far on the spectrum we have gone now to, uh, like you said, AEW. Not only just the AEW fans, just fans in general loving CM Punk to hearing that right there. We see, we know what Jersey feels. That's one thing I'll say. You asked us who side we were on, I think, on the live show. <laughs> we know who Jersey, or at least that crowd, we know what side they're on when it comes to uh, this situation. It, it, it really is baffling, though, to to see yeah. them go, like, literally less than a year ago, they were literally, there were people crying in the crowd you know, seeing the return of CM Punk. I, I thought it was a little distasteful. We don't need to be like that as fans. We really don't. Um, we don't need to involve ourselves when we really still to this day don't know the full ins and outs of it. I'm not trying to say that CM Punk is innocent in all of this, but you know what? We can be better. We don't need to be shouting fuck CM Punk when he's not even there. How about we focus on the wrestlers that actually are there and give them our full attention? So, you know, I, I felt it was distasteful. Do you, can I? Just, I mean, again, not to throw cat monks pigeons, uh, but again, with the young bucks as well, kind of dancing to the tune and just thinking they do look a bit like petulant children. And again, I know what you've elite have done to pro wrestling, but it's not. Again, they've done a lot for wrestling, no doubt, but it's just this hype train of the elite and kind of they believe they are the best you know uh, if you and again that's why they like marmite you know you either love them 
or you, you know, I think with the elite that you do hate them, mm. and mm. it just shows that again, CM Punk, we're right or wrong, they shouldn't. That. <laughs> you know, like you said, you're better than that. Yeah, and I bet you any money, half of these fans shouting "fuck CM Punk" would be hypocrites right now. And if they met CM Punk right like the day after, they'd have been crying their eyes out on their knees, looking to like you know ask ask for autographs and stuff like that, yet you were shouting the fuck CM Punk not 24 hours ago. So it's just like, it's all about hypocrisy. Like, we don't have to involve ourselves in the dramas that happen outside of the wrestling companies. So we don't even need to have an opinion. And there's no point bringing it up because all you do is actually probably take away from the wrestlers that are in the ring. So... Yeah, even though, yes, it was about the elite being there and that's why they were shouting it. At the same time, like, you know, this has nothing to do with Death Triangle. So... Why Why are you even bringing him up right now? You should be shouting yeah. Lucha Brothers or the Elite. Yeah, or just do a cheesy-ass welcome back chant. You don't need yeah. to actually even acknowledge the other party involved in this. Just do a welcome back chant, say you're happy, but you don't need to lower yourself to something like that. I, I agree and thought it was distasteful. Mm. Well, as for the match itself, we see Omega, Nick and Matt Jackson fight to pack Ray Phoenix and Penta, keeping off guard but their unbridled energy. High-flying Arsenal. Death Triangle attempts to slow things down, but a hot tag to Omega popped the crowd and brought the Elite back in the match. The action broke down, obviously, as it tends to do, with Pat trying to get Phoenix to embrace his dark size and try to keep his hammer to his advantage. After several near falls and false finishes, we saw a DDT Phoenix took on the apron was absolutely sick, as was Nick and Penta diving off the top to the outside we saw a great sequence with a black arrow uh, looking like it was going to get the job done then but in the end and like i said a really really good ending phoenix finally did uh embrace like i said the hate use the hate and hit omega with the weapon and pinned him to the shock and awe of not only everybody uh, watching the boat, especially me i was like what the fucking uh gina what were your thoughts i mean the match was great it was it was such a good match, and I wasn't really shocked that it was a great match with these two teams involved. Um, there were like a few spots that I absolutely loved and found hilarious, like Nick Jackson taking the beer from the fan, but or or the soda or something, and he was like, "Is this diet?" And I was like, "Mate, you're the one who took it off this guy. How do you have the audacity to make sure that it's diet for you? Like, I'm not your PA." But uh, that was funny, and I did notice that Nick Jackson also. Kind of, I think he did like a little bit of a CM Punk running, running knee move against um, Ray Phoenix at one point. So I did notice that a little bit. But yeah, no, I thought it was a really good match, and I enjoyed it. And as always, they they both sides just put such a, a good performance on. And it's like I don't want to follow that match. <laughs> I wouldn't want to follow it because it was so hype. Well, the thing is, this is AEW. It's best when I think of AEW. It's stuff like this. It's stuff. That maybe, you know, WWE doesn't do, like a true alternative. And seeing the Elite and Death Triangle go out it, uh, it's going to be really good. Let's hope we not get bored of it because they, they made it a best of seven now. So we're going to see that in the Dynamites. Uh, but again, the ending was near perfect. Um, Gina, what would you score that out of? I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a four and three quarters because it was so good and I was so entertained from beginning to end. And the, sho- the shock of the ending, you know, that just threw me because that I did not see coming. So I I definitely gave it a four and three quarters and happy to stand by it. Yeah, Jack, see, what about you? 
Yeah, I have to agree with everything my sister said about the match itself. Um, like it, it was so good in terms of the the building. Like you said, James, about how you know they were building up to is he will he will he not like what what's going to happen during this part? And you know, what? I really wish I had gone with my gut instinct of thinking about no, the elite are only just coming back. They're not going to just shove it straight back on them. Um, this, that, and the other. And I really did kind of kick myself for not going ahead with my initial thought of uh, Death Triangle taking this for the win. Um, I I really enjoyed this match uh, personally. I think it was, uh, as much as there was great, there were so many great matches, but this one really stood out to me. I remember just watching it and, you know, getting a little bit hyped because I was like, Jesus Christ, like the whole section between Nick Jackson and Ray Fenix, oh my days, seriously, those two like don't know when to like stop with their energy and they they could probably go in this best of seven match just those two and i'd be entirely entertained um i thought this was really good i'm gonna give it a five for five there monty what about you yeah uh like i said this match was what i've come to expect especially from them six you know I've, I've, they know each other so well at this point awesome athletes the spot's gonna always be great that finish, like you guys have mentioned, you know, of uh, Phoenix finally, um, you know, taking Pac's advice. Uh, you know, again, I was hoping, I kind of was hoping for that as a fan, but I just didn't think that, I didn't know if they would do it when I made my prediction. And, of course, they, they went on here and pulled the trigger, and I was I was actually surprised. But, uh, you know, maybe it's me because I'm just, like, like I said, I'm used to this to the elite style. Uh, and, I, and I know what to expect from these two teams. And I think the crowd added a lot to it and probably made it feel a little bit better than the than it actually was, even though I do think it was, like you said, balls-to-the-wall fun. So I ended up giving it four and a quarter. I, I, I was impressed with the match, like I said. But, uh, again, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think I've seen them all do better. But, they, like you mentioned, James, they, they, may, they run the risk of running this into the ground with the uh, whole series, but that makes more sense to me now that I know they're going to do this a lot more. So, it's probably only going to get better from here, so I know they can do better than this, and they will. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just laughing because it's like Kenny Omega saying, yeah, no, I jumped. People say I don't do anything. I jumped to Phoenix on my night back, and it's like, yeah, you got another six fucking matches. <laughs> it's, like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> but again, you know, like I said, uh, good stuff. I'll give this four and a half out of five. Like I said, the, the pay-per-view started off with like, some of the cage match, and now Linden, really, really good. Uh, but unfortunately, our perfect score is over. Uh, cool. And then the TBS Championship match, Jay Cargill versus Nyla Rose. Rose entered with Marina Shafir and Vicky Guerrero in a low rider. Of course, um, Eddie Guerrero, her, her late husband, as it was. I think she even had a, um, not I'm your puppy, but I'm your mama or mummy t-shirt on as well. Cargill went to the arena in Thundercats inspired. Now, I had to nearly, I had to go back and watch this twice. Because the first time I was just, and again, I don't want to sound like a creep here, but Jay Cargill just distracted throughout this whole match. But I did go back a bit, uh, so we're going to do that version. <laughs> she definitely looked amazing in that outfit. I mean, she's my hero when it comes to cosplaying. She's, she just does so well. Um, I was really impressed with her outfit. Well, let's not forget Thundercats are Thundercats, as long as we remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Butler Native Beast challenged Jade in a way no other competitor had to this point. Testing her ability to defence throughout this bout. On more than one occasion, it looked like Rose would become the first woman to defeat Cargill. 
but an incredible athlete withstood her own jaded finisher uh, and downed Rose to score the victory. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because Jade, the look was astounding. <laughs> I don't know the matches. Yeah, uh, I feel bad for them uh, following, like you mentioned, you guys mentioned that hot crowd from the elite. Uh, you know, so it's going to be a come down period, uh, really. And I uh, kind of hate the women always kind of getting stuck in this spot. Uh, but, you know, it's three women's matches on here. So I guess you got to take take what you can get with Tony. And uh, but, you know, again, I, I, I don't think this is as bad as I've seen some people saying this match was. But I do agree it wasn't really great. But, uh, you know, I, I like I love the finish. That was the highlight of the match for me. But between the crowd kind of dying, the story that got us here and the way that match kind of played out. You can't tell me this couldn't have just played out on Rampage or Dynamite, uh, but they worked hard. So I don't want to take away from any of them. And I agree. With, I understand what you're saying, James, the outfit. She even mentioned she probably won't be doing <laughs> gear like that again on her Twitter. Yeah. Cause like, it, obviously she kept adjusting it. You can tell it was, uh, it was, it was getting tough. So I commend her for even getting through the match, you know, as much, as well as she did. So, but I, I do give it three stars. I thought, like I said, they work hard, but I'm not I'm not going to act like this was better than it was. This could have been a regular, like one of her adding to the street rampage defenses, and we wouldn't have batted an eye at it. But I yeah. give them credit for working hard. But the thing is, though, Monty, we do watch a lot of bad women's wrestling, you know, so like yeah. with NXT. But, you know, Jade, 626 days unbeaten, 42 and 0. And this was awkward, but... If Madison Rain is training Jade, then we are all in trouble. Should should Jade make a little bit more along now, or is that unfair? I mean, everyone picks it up at their own pace, but I do think she's she's definitely grown already in stride from where she was at the beginning. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I, like you said, we just got to give it time. I do also think that Jade will benefit. Maybe if we can find the right – some people benefit with the right people. So that's another thing, too. I don't know if Nyla will be that match for her, but we'll have to see as things play out. But uh, love, I love you digging that Madison Rain here. It's like, it was other people who supposed to be helping her. Like, I, it's I, other I people. Brian Danielson was helping, right? Other people, other people in the not company. training her correctly. Not <laughs> just Madison Rain. She so many people. Gina, she Gina and I have definitely just uh, influenced James here, I think. He's, he's definitely not telling Madison me. Rain. That's, that's... <laughs> Serena D was a coach. Come on. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I feel like Jade would actually benefit from working with Serena D. Um, I think she, I, Serena D went from being one of those female wrestlers that because I hadn't seen her much of her before AEW, I wasn't entirely impressed and wondering why everyone's going off on, about her. She's thoroughly impressed me in, in all of her matches, like consistently. Um, I think Jade would really benefit from just doing a bit of training with her. That being said, I also agree with Monty in saying that I think that Jade has gotten a lot better um, and she's progressing very well. I just think it's not entirely Jade's fault, but it's the storylines that Jade has put in that doesn't really make you want to invest that much. Like you also said as well, um, this match could have easily been on a, like a dynamite or a rampage and we wouldn't have like really felt like, oh, this should be on a pay-per-view. You know, I wouldn't, Jade's matches to actually be like, you know, come across dominating to the point where we really don't think that she'll ever be un- uh, become undefeated until we get that sort of underdog story of someone coming up and getting it. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't entirely think it's her fault, but I feel like there were just a few uh, moments that could have been could have benefited if they 
came on second, um, you know, and then had the six-man tag after their match. Because like you said, the crowd did sort of like dip at this point. There were people you could tell going to the toilet, um, which is just not really nice to see when you're in the middle of your match. Um, so I feel like, you know, there was like all these different things that were going into play. I also just feel like it would have felt like more of a big deal if Nyla Rose had come out by herself. Um, she didn't really need her entourage there. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, Tony's got a reference to WWE somehow. You know, you can't see <laughs> do what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there were a hell of a lot of WWE references here tonight. Kind of afforded not like bringing Vicky out, or you know, I, I liked the tribute that they did with like you know Nyla's entrance coming out in the car, but it was also unnecessary. Yeah, well, I'm going to so... give that. I'm going to give that three and a quarter. What are you scoring it, Jaxie? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to give it a three and a quarter as well. And Gina? Yeah, I'm going to go with the same as you guys, three and a quarter. Up next. Well, all predictions, sorry. All went Jade, so all on five. Then we've got the Ring of Honor World Championship. The Yocho defended his title against Sammy Guevara, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castanoli. Jericho held his own in there with uh, Claudio and Danielson while Guevara showed up and showed out. What could be very easy to be devolved into an overbooked mess, I focus too much on dissension. Instead, it focuses on logical storytelling between four competitors who set aside friendship in search of gold. Jericho grizzled, an alert veteran of the squared circle, sees the opening and scores the win to remain champion and continue his crusade. Uh, this was actually not a bad match at all. Uh, Jackson, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Like, um, I think that, you know, it it did its it did its job really well. Um, like you you just rightly pointed out. Um, I really did think that this was going to be mainly about like sort of just seeing sort of cracks uh, slipping between um, you know Sammy and and Chris and even Claudio and and Brian Danielson. But I really did like the sort of teamwork aspect that came into the it um, the match quite a bit. Um, I also feel like there was you know like perfect moments for each wrestler to sort of showcase their stuff and what they can really do um you're just never going to get a, a bad match when these four names are involved you know so just seeing it in a fatal four-way it was really entertaining and i just thoroughly enjoyed it yeah i thought it was really good sammy thought he had it and sammy's actually this past month jericho must have said to it or someone just cut the shit and I think we've seen yeah. that with the performances. Great performance by all four. But then again, like I said, when you've got the quality of Claudio, Danielson and Jericho with Sammy there, it's going to be... Um, mm. What would you score that out of? Uh, I gave that um, uh, a 3.45. A three and a half. <laughs> it's like, that's a three and three quarters, isn't it? Yeah. Three and three quarters, yeah. All right. yeah. I don't know. I don't know math that much. Uh, Monty, what about you? <laughs> Yeah, like you mentioned, it was a lot of uh, fun elements to this match. And, uh, you know, they had some great moments, especially when the teammates would uh, end up battling each other. Uh, it was also uh, great moments like the double single crab when Danielson and Claudio had Jericho, I, I believe. And uh, and uh, and they did the, uh, I think, Sharpshooter and the LaBelle lock. Like, they, they were killing Jericho. It was fun to uh, watch them get that in. Uh, and, Sammy, like you said, mentioning almost pinning Jericho, that was fun also. My only complaint is that maybe they had like one too many false finishes. And I'll mention that as we get when we get to the uh end overall how I felt about this show. Some and it's, maybe it's just something that AEW likes to do. And we, like, like I said, I'll get to it later. 
But I do think that finish, also the actual finish, ended up being a funny like botch of the <laughs> of the Judas effect. I think we know what he was trying to go for, and you know they actually finally executed. <laughs> but that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was funny how it turned out. But I had, like you said, it was so much fun watching this, and with the caliber of guys in it, uh, I, I have to give it four and a quarter. This was a good time. Jaina, what about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, it was there was good spots throughout it, and like Monty mentioned, I really lo- it sounds really evil when I say this, but I really loved the gang up on Jericho. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, have it, take it. <laughs> like seriously, I was like, you deserve that. So um, yeah, that was great. I gave it a four. Yeah, well, predictions we all up. Oh, so I'm gonna give that four and a quarter. Uh, prediction wise, all went Jericho all on six. And up next, Soraya. Versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Soraya come out first. Britt came out alone. Both women got nice reactions. It's a shame only one women's match gets a proper build on a pay-per-view. But again, I'm going to moan a lot more. Uh, we see her brother, Zach, watching from ringside. And Soraya found herself on the defensive early. Baker targeted her neck repeatedly. The injury that dominated the build to the match. Soraya fought back and the action remained relatively even down the stretch. Kicking out the other signature moves. With frustrating mountain on both sides. consecutive rampaging pin victory. Um, I've got a lot of say. It did look like it did look like five. Not <laughs> just being that guy. Uh, this had all the making, but not many women can carry others. And we talked about it a little bit with Jay Cargill uh, just a minute ago. And some women can do it, some can't. And I'm not doing it to get reaction, but Charlotte was probably the best at it. Big match situations, being able to carry opponents through and, and get the best out of there. Britt is getting there, but I don't think she's at that level yet. Not one person in the crowd. And after five years back, you would think that maybe there'd be a bigger reaction. Uh, the match maybe should have been no default cuts, but then again, it's Baby Saray. Uh, she's champion, but when she becomes champ, probably just do backstage pay-per-view. Uh, and a lot of people said to me, I hate Paige because of what I said on the live show. And I'll just let you guys know as well, she beat Emma and became the first woman to wrestle in a takeover and the first NXT champion. She won the Divas title on the debut night after Mania beating AJ. I remember watching them live and cheering. I was upset as anybody when she got injured. Been five years since her run, more outside stories took the shine off. Hope now she can build a legacy in AEW and we focus on her. Um, sorry about that, guys. Uh, first, Gina, first, what were your thoughts on this? Because it just, for me, is just a little bit off. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I actually think that Britt did well wrestling with Soraya because it can be probably a lot of pressure to be the one wrestling someone when they've just come back from such a terrible injury. And you wouldn't want to be that person who gives them their first match back and gets them screwed over again, you know? And you'll face that wrath of not even just the fans, you know, everything above. So... For me, I feel like Britt did well to kind of wrestle in a safe way with Soraya. I get what you mean in terms of like the ending, even though like Soraya had such a, you know, relieved expression and you could tell that meant a lot to her, that win and everything. It, I don't know, the fans just in the crowd, they didn't seem, you know, as hype as I would have expected for someone who's just come back after such an injury. Um, so it was a little off-putting, but I don't want to say it's the the wrestler's fault because the story was built up well and we could understand why the match was coming about. 
so yeah it's just a bit um disheartening because again i i want the female wrestling to be on the same level as as you know the male wrestling and we want, want them to feel the same sort of satisfaction and get that expression from the fans so it's sad to see that it didn't possibly come out as as big as expected i guess what would you score the match out of five? I'm going to give them a four because I was still really intrigued with this match. And I, I, although I was annoyed with the outcome, um, I was still happy for Soraya. So. Uh, Monica, four. what are your thoughts? Am I being too harsh? Uh, like you said, five years away, it's going to come with ring rest. Uh, and I've seen a lot worse than this from people who wrestle. We, like you mentioned, James, we watch, we watch 2.0 <laughs> during some rough times. And I'm not trying to pick on anyone in particular, but there was a lot of people on TV who wasn't ready. And I think, like I said, I can't compare this to that. Like, it was a little sloppy, but, I, you know, it was a little slow. But, you know, that's fine. Like you said, the, the chemistry can't necessarily be that with Britt because she hasn't been in the ring. She doesn't. She hasn't done this in a while. So I, I, I'm willing to forgive any of that. Plus, like Gina mentioned, the moment itself, you can just see in the interest. I was very happy for her. Uh, as you can see how emotional she was as she completed the comeback. And uh, I, I thought just for that alone, this was an awesome moment. Uh, and I, I definitely, as soon as I seen her come out, I was like, all right, well, time to test that neck. And no doubt, <laughs> the only thing Britt Baker did <laughs> pretty much was go after her neck. And Soraya pretty much sold every spot like it was going to be her last. So that kind of got <laughs> a little bit overdramatic. But it was, you know, I get it. I understood why they were doing it. It made sense. And, uh, 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 and you know, it wasn't a war. It wasn't a classic. But I thought for the moment alone, this, is, this, this turned out as well as it could have, in my opinion. But I do agree. I, I, the crowd not necessarily being there for it. Very, very crazy to think about the odds that she's beating or that the mm-hmm. things that she's coming back from. Like, I agree. It doesn't compare to, the like, the Edges or the Brian Danielson who had similar situations. And you, we know how elated people were when they returned. So it, it, it does suck, to, to at least from that point of view. But again, I thought this turned out okay. I gave it three and a half stars. Jackson, what about you? Do, uh, do you think, and I'm going to ask a question as well, she would have had a bigger reaction for a return? Because don't get me wrong, when she showed up, we got massive pop and debut. But for the return match, do you think mm. she would have got a better reaction in a WWE ring or even an NXT because that is was home? For- I mean, uh, not necessarily. I don't think so, especially when we heard how big a pop she got when uh, she did make her entrance. Um, I do think, again, that there's not been much of a, a decent and consistent build-up, which is why there could uh, could have been a lot of people that weren't necessarily, I wouldn't say invested, but um, interested, maybe. But I do have to kind of disagree with you, James. I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, I don't know if this was uh, coming from a thinking about a, our point systems point of view, but also my genuine concern. But, you know, I I felt Britt did extremely well in terms of, like my sister said, uh, that there was like a nervousness that I could feel f- coming from Britt in terms of like the pressure of not only trying to make sure that th- this girl who's just come back from injury has a decent match, but also looks good um, and gets over with the crowd. So I, I think... I think with with the with the amount of like if you look at Brit's career at the moment from sort of start to the when she she really took off and she had that pressure to say, stay consistent and 
and you know all this that and the other I felt like both women worked really well together um there were moments that I was on the edge of my seat because I was genuinely like oh shit that looked so bad on her neck I'm scared um yeah the crowd really weren't here for it and I'm not really sure why but I would have been actually up on my feet for that ending because as much as I lost a point I felt that happiness wash over me when Soraya got the win like I really wanted her to get that win I know I had, I didn't choose her but I was thinking of it from a sort of underdog sort of storyline thinking that like you know Brit would be able to be like yeah like you go all the way back to the bottom I put you down because we're still better blah 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 you've still got ring rust but I think the match itself was actually decent for what uh, needed to be done um, to solidify that Soraya still has it, that Soraya can come back from an injury like that and prove that she could still have a decent match. Um, do I think it was the best? No. But did I enjoy it? I did, a lot. Um, so I gave it a four, a four and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it uh, three and three quarters. I think it's just because, like I said, to see Soraya or Paige back, uh, it's good to see. And let's, let's hope we can focus on wrestling now predictions uh well we've got team i know it's jacksy uh obviously i know who you are but also we're going to call you Ro, just for a little bit don't 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 worry because it makes sense because team rogina went for brit uh so rogina and the names together monty our name team jaunty fucking have that <laughs> <laughs> Well, Team Jonty <laughs> went for Soraya, so it's Rogina six, Jonty seven. <laughs> That's gonna catch on. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I can't even get behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, hashtag Team Jonty. Come on, guys, let's let's do this. It's on the Facebook. Do you know what? I actually think I actually think the other way around would be better so that you would be known as Montez. I think that's better. Oh, so Mont- Jay's barely in the name. Yeah, so I'm yeah. yes. Wait a minute. Mont- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, it does sound better though. Hang on. Why don't we call it Team Jamie? And just just have the Y. <laughs> right. You have like on the end, James. If yeah, you've got two. two. Oh, you give me two. You've Thank you very e- much. Yeah, yeah. I literally give myself one letter here, and you're saying no. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I don't think mames sound good either, though, so you did a good job. Don't mames, worry about it. yeah, exactly. Mames. Look, we, <laughs> W and R didn't sound mames. right. <laughs> you get used to Team John. <laughs> <laughs> so, we will move on for the TNT Championship match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hob. Gina, get out of my fucking head. I can feel you in there already. Uh, we get a well-paced, <laughs> hitting battle of badass heavyweights. Big meaty man slapping meat. Thank you very much. Wardlow threw for the air with a variation of Jess Hardy's whisper. And I actually thought he was him, you know, because, <laughs> like, we haven't seen Jeff in a while. You know, have we ever seen him in the same room? You know, uh, like he was flying <laughs> around, hit a swanton as well. Like, come on. Uh, even JR in his stupor kind of enjoyed what was going on <laughs> in the commentary when he wiped out Joe and Hobbs. And Joe wiped out both opponents with a tope suicida. 
Joel Stoneland in Wardlow with a TNT title after Wardley uncorked his powerbomb symphony on Hobbs. He choked out Powerhouse to score the victory and become dual champion. Gina, not only are you a fucking genius, but you fucked us both. I mean, I definitely, definitely think that so well. It really did. I, it, it shook me when that happened because I called it and I actually didn't necessarily see that coming. So when it did, I, I, it just gave me the chills. I had goosebumps. I hope everybody else who listened to the podcast before and saw that happen got goosebumps and thought of G-Site. Yes. <laughs> this is, I think we all thought, how the fuck has she done that? Uh, <laughs> Jaxie, I want to know your reaction, man. Because like, <laughs> you must have been. I mean, man, I, like, my night sucked at this point because I had this bitch in my ear just going, I told you, I told you. Like she was shouting it. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. It was like, it was the worst moment of my life because I was like, oh my God, this bitch is never going to let me forget this. She like, I, this is going to haunt me. Um, I also was laughing. Also laughing my ass off because I think that, you know, that there was a, a, a long discussion about this match on the live show that we all had. You know, um, none of us saw it going this way. Uh, this definitely uh, put a smile on my face because I think sometimes wrestling can be a bit too predictable. I mean, this is what we do. We try to actually predict it, you know. Um, this I was pleasantly surprised by. And I also think that it answered another one of our questions which we were discussing on the group, um, just discussing like Ring of Honor um, on Saturday and just, you know, really what they're what they're trying to do by having y- these Ring of Honor matches on, on the sh- uh, Dynamite and stuff. But, you know, one way to actually bring more attention to it is to have someone who is a double belt holder, one that's AEW, one that's Ring of Honor. So it's a very clever move by Tony in that, in that sense. Um, Wardlow, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was not expecting him to be the high flyer out of all three of them. Um, when he got on the top rope, I was like, wondering what the hell he was going to do. Uh, it was entertaining from beginning to end. I thought Will Hobbs looked great in it. They, they all had such great moments. Um, I'm really glad that the way um, with the way that it ended, where like Hobbs was just sort of taken out, like none, no one was pinned because I kind of lo- like the idea of, you know, us getting a series of singles matches out, uh, between these three, you know, whether it's Wardlow and Hobbs, whether it's Joe and Hobbs, whether it's Joe and Wardlow, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of even more uh, invested in this title and, well, in both titles now uh, since this match. So I think they did a brilliant job. Well, I think, well, let's just circle back round because, like I said, Regina getting this right. So all I would say is that, you could have had a pop. gone for Joe. I know no one else was. James, up because I already got like this half of this stuff from my sister, and now you got to rub it in as well. Look, this is no. I think he's referring to me with that. Like yeah, if um, I had just actually committed when I said my my prediction that Joe was going to get it uh-huh. and just changed it, I could have had a point. Yeah, but to be fair, you uh, like that. Even though you would have gotten a point, the the whole point I'm trying to make is this was like a, a sort of James versus Jack's C first moment um, and neither of us won so I was, I was satisfied with that. But the thing is is that if Jack C and James 
and Gina made it all about herself by getting, <laughs> getting the Samoa Joe. It's just like... <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, it is about me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I said, you fucked us both. Uh, but I think there's no doubt when we say powerhouse Hobbs, Monty with powerhouse Hobbs, he will make a lot of money in the W. Tony fucking hates him. <laughs> it's the only way. Like, what the fuck? They definitely, they definitely will be offering him. Uh, it might be a bidding war of whatever year Real Hobbs is available. Yeah, have to <laughs> make that rhyme. Point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, we got to get find out the year first. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, this was great. Like you guys mentioned, for all the reasons you mentioned, you know, three big boys doing what they do. And uh, they all showed a little bit of why they're special athletes. Uh, and Wardlow impressing with his athleticism, but it wasn't enough. And that finish, again, I don't I hate it because it's just like that typical, you know, get the, the guy who's obviously about to win out of the way and then let me win type of finish. But you know, it is what it is. I, I can't be mad, too mad at it. it. Like you guys mentioned, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and I gave this whole match three and three quarters in the end because, like you said, it was a satisfying big man contest. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it overall. I think mean, the thing for me is that Wardlow's slowly becoming the meaningless big man, which is the opposite of what he was, especially when you hear the piped-in Wardlow chants. You think they really have not followed through with the momentum they had. I've got nothing bad to say about Samoa Joe. Nothing but respect for him there. Uh, Jaxie, what would you score out of five? I mean, I gave that a four and a quarter because I thought it was a really great match. Very entertaining. Gina, I'm interested to see what you scored this. <laughs> no, I mean, I gave it a four. Um, it's not that I didn't enjoy the match. I actually really did. And the ending truly shocked me and shook me. It wasn't my favourite of, of the night, but I also didn't think it was a bad match. I didn't think Paul Guerra had a bad match, if I'm truly honest. So I gave that a four. Yeah, I, I would agree. Just a lot of them. <laughs> um, I'll give it a nine, five. Predictions. Rogina went for Hobbs. Jonty went for Wardlow. Neither of us get the point because Samoa fucking Joe. Uh, so Rogina, Jonty on seven. Jericho versus Ishii and Orange Cassidy versus Hager were confirmed in backstage segments. Tony S, the team, and now the match nobody wanted to see. No DQ, no count out. Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett. That is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, double T, and J Lethal. And this was WSW in 2000. Sting and Double J stood across the squared circle from each other. More the Bayface took the fight to the hills early and often, punishing for living hell. Course had been made their lives in the weeks leading to the show. The hills surged back, thanks in large part to Satnam. Saw Alan soaring off a ladder, carried him to the ringside area, and tossed him onto the entrance ramp with no care at all. Sting jumped out of the stands and wiped out Sing, Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt on the arena floor. Our pay per view checklist is nearly complete. We did get a sting fall there. Allen scaled the ropes for a coffin drop, but Jack rocked him with guitar to the back. Sting delivered a scorpion death drop, while Allen added a coffin drop, eliminated Sing for the pitcher. And then Sting hit Lethal just about with a death drop, and Allen pinned him after the coffin drop. Monty, what the fuck is this? Do they just dust off Sting and Derby for pay per views now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a formula. They have a formula, obviously. <laughs> That uh, is they like you said, it's a checklist that they have to fulfill 
for these uh, big pay-per-views. They have to you have to get the Sting and Darby match on the card. It has to be outrageous but fun, and you have to ignore the fact that it's pretty story leading up to it and after it is pretty much meaningless. Uh, I said, <laughs> you have to ignore it. That's what I had to do for this. And, uh, you know, I love this, though. Like I said, it was fun. It was just, I do want to caution everyone, though. I heard TNA chants. Yeah. And I, I think overall, <laughs> that's my problem with this entire city. Not only did they give me PTSD, <laughs> they gave me PTSD with the fake stings of WCW in 2000, which, by the way, was the worst year in one company you could possibly <laughs> Think of just prom- I promise you go back. It was very bad. Hey, talking, talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah. Don't yo, that fact. Don't go back. I'm sorry. Uh, and then TNA chance, and like we said, we sometimes you some people are still surprised that they're still a surviving promotion as Impact. And and then you have those chants here. Even though I said, like I said, this is still good fun. Uh, I I do gotta say this. We have been there, and like you said, we've done this mm. almost in every way. The only thing that was new about this. Was the fact that Satnam Singh was involved every now and then. That's pretty much the only fresh thing about it. Even though it was also awesome to see, even though with the the lighting, I wasn't sure Sting was all right on that dive. By the way, <laughs> at first, but I'm glad he popped right up. So I was like, all right, he survived it, and that's great. So three and a quarter, but I, uh, it's my overall rating. But like I said, it was still fun. I want. I don't want to act like it wasn't positive in that matter. But you know, on this long card, we definitely could have done without it. It wasn't needed. That's a problem. They said it was good. Exactly. He did. But Double J having a pay-per-view match in AEW in 2022 (laughs) 2022. shows dreams come true. I don't know what fucking magic lamp (laughs) to get his wish. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, unbelievable. And when you think Jay Lethal team with Double J versus Ric Flair and Andrada in his last match, and luckily this time round their opponents didn't pass out in the so, you know, you're looking at positives, <laughs> I suppose. Um, Jaxie, what did you score this out of? Yeah, I mean, this match was good. I think Monty kind of touched on the main points here. I think if it wasn't for the fact that Satnam Singh was kind of getting involved and had some very highly entertaining moments. like I mean, seriously, I know he's tall, but how the fuck was he, like, perfectly there to catch Darby with, like, the height and everything? It was just, it was quite crazy. So, if it wasn't for like that involvement, we would have kind of like seen this before. That could have probably been on a dynamite or a rampage. But um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was highly entertaining. And yet again, Sting did another massive dive that I was just terrified watching him do. And yet he still pulled it off like it was nothing. And it, and the man's like what sixty, sixty three, eighty seven. I swear he's immortal. That that guy, you know, it'll just come back from anything. Um, but yeah, like the match did what it needed to. I wasn't like I I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like pay per view caliber to me. So I mean, I'll give it a three and a half. It was good. And Gina. Yeah, again, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect of Jeff Jarrett when he was returning. So for me, I just, I was actually quite impressed and I really enjoyed the match. I gave it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it for a 3.95 just because Jeff Jarrett had a match in an AEW ring. Like, what a weld. And that's not even going to be like top 25 craziest things in 2022 <laughs> when we do the year end. Oh dear. Predictions, we all went Sting and Derby. So it means Rogina are on seven and Jonty are on eight. And the AEW Women's Championship match, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. 
and the intensity was high early on in the clash between former friends. Well, the Aussie sought to retain against her British counterpart, taking her to the floor, laying her into her with hard-hitting strikes. Eight responded, dishing out a few of her own in season control after a hot start by the champ. Physicality ramped up and Storm out to come back late. Rebel, although cut off her momentum with a shot to the face, his title... We then see a bloody stomp her nose crimson. Continue to fight for everything. Hate her through at her. When Dr. Brit Breaker DMD showed up and delivered a stomp on the belt, she kicked out of Storm Zero. The challenger for suit kicking out the same move. A chance that Jamie rose from the stands as uh, Hater Breaker scored. Yet another two count the challenger expressed frustration over her opponent. All the guts determination threw to be for nothing as Baker exposed the turnbuckle pad. Hate a Ramstorm face first into it. In and title off the ripcord lariat. Yes, your new interim AEW women's champion is Jamie Hater. Jack C, let's hear. I know you've got shit eating grin at So why don't you tell me what you thought about this match? I love this match. Oh. This match was amazing. Uh, I had a fat smile on my face because I knew that this would happen and I literally just couldn't wait to message you and say hey James how you doing <laughs> no I'm very pleased um again I think this also comes from the fact that Jamie is a, a fellow Brit so I was extremely proud that she is the first Brit to be able to hold that belt um and I really love Jamie I think she's got something great um both women looked really good in this match but Jamie dominated this match, in my opinion. Um, there were so many highlight moments, though. Uh, they both work well together, and you can tell that the chemistry is there from from their friendship. Um, and you could tell that both of them were really having fun doing this. Um, so it was really nice to just kind of see overall. Um, I knew that that, uh, that Brit would get sort of involved, but the way that she used the, sort of like the stomp to the belt and stuff, like I thought that was a, a little clever spot, especially because like Reb, uh, Rebel had, is it Rebel or is it Reba? Wait, yeah, what's her? Well, yeah, I'll call her Rebel. Yeah, let's call her Rebel because of her song, but I'm sorry if I got it wrong. Um, but um, like she had set that up quite well. I didn't really see that as a setup until it happened. So um, I think overall this match went really well. Uh, I loved it. I'm happy with the outcome and I'm beaming because I got one over on you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, well, for me, it didn't feel like the right time, but I'd much rather have the pop now rather than after it's cooled down, you know, not saying they claimed because I think they got no, it just it, right. No, it, it, I think especially because of the fact that she has got a lot of this pop behind her right now that like, I, I would have hated if that, uh, like went so quickly it, we've seen it happen with ruby soho we've seen it happen even with uh uh athena you know uh so i i feel like if sometimes there's a, a right a, a right way to know when to capitalize off of something and i think this was one of those moments so i'm glad that they did make this decision um because we just yeah like as as we could all tell in in terms of the conversation at the very beginning of this podcast with how quick the fans changed their tune when it came to CM Punk you just don't know how long there this hype there would be this hype for Jamie Hater you know so um i think capitalize off of it now um while she is still hot well i think yeah i think you're right about that and it, again talking about fair play to Jamie another brit under the radar for me uh, Brit herself seemed happy for Hater, 
of course, helped her win. And as we know now, that's it for Tony. <laughs> she will not be seen again. Uh, but again, this is it was an interesting matchup. I uh, do doff my cap. Both of Gina was your face about the prediction as you were, but I understand Jack's tension. And again, this time next, it will be Mon- Monty. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a lot of pressure on me. Again, can I just reiterate to anyone who didn't listen to the live show? Yeah, I'm either against James on this or I've got Monty this weekend against Wargame. So I've got double the amount of pressure. So let me revel in a win that I get over you. okay, James, because (laughs) it's not going to last long. (laughs) No, hey, what? Because you're going to get Wargame is short, so... No mar- no margin for error. Oh, oh like exactly. You don't understand. Doing. See what he's doing. <laughs> Honestly, don't. Wrap it up. I'm already. I'm dreading. I'm dreading this weekend. Like the, there is so much pressure on these predictions coming up. So you know, I'm going to be concentrating real hard uh, at these next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> well, as for the match itself, I really enjoyed it. For me personally, it may be the best AW's women's match. I've seen, yes, I know we had outside interference. I know, obviously, we had um, Baker versus Rose as well, but I'll just talk about straight-up wrestling with a story told into it. The blood added to it as well with Storm. Some great near falls. And the fans, you know, we talk about Saray and Britt Baker. The fans were on their fucking feet towards the end of this matchup. Absolutely mm-hmm. loving it. Uh, and credit to Storm. Again, mentioned earlier, Tony Storm... Led Jamie Hayter through fantastic matchup. Um, Jaxie, what would you say? Oh, I gave this a five. Yeah. Monty, what were your thoughts on this? <laughs> <What's your score? laughs> um, so, like you guys, like you said, both ladies killed it. They worked hard. Uh, Jamie was obviously like, she killed it in her performance. And like you mentioned, I want to give Tony Storm not only prop for in the, you know leading her through the storm in this match, no pun intended, uh, but she also did a great job if we just don't look at how it was no story or no build-up for most of her matches. She was very, very active as women's champion. That was something that in the past we've already seen that it it did not go that way for a lot of other women's champions. So even though her matches didn't have a lot of story to them, she was always visible as women's champion, always wrestling. So I do want to give her props for carrying the belt and doing that. Uh, Very well. She did. And uh, I hope that she does not, like you mentioned, Jay, she's gone. I hope that she does not fall into yeah. that, that era of like, like Riho and some all these other former champions who just pop up to lose an eliminator match, like Sheeta every now and then, just pop up to lose a match yeah. and then go away. Uh, I hope that she's going to stay around and continue to be active. And I hope Hater's reign is also as active. And I thought it was the right move, even though I did go with uh, the, keeping the belt on Storm. I'm not a big fan of the interference, but I think in this case, we all probably can see the interference is going to play a factor yeah. in that Britt Baker hater story that we all waiting for to come down the line. Yeah. They're going to they're bring up how we helped you win the championship. So we'll see uh, how it turns, how it goes. And I want to say this also. The term interim seems like it won't matter until Thunder Rosa comes back. So <laughs> the ladies yeah. were great. Four stars. Four stars. Well, like you said yeah. about that, we talk about, which is crazy to think, that with Tony Storm, she scored a title itself in a four-way battle with Jamie Hayter, Britt Bacon, all out, when has worked every single week since then. Which, again, is such an impressive stat. Right. Uh, defeated Penelope yeah. Ford, Ida Diamante, and Anna J.A.S., 
And like I said, Tony here. I, again, I wouldn't mind even Tony Storm, Jay Cargill match, just so we have one match. <laughs> but... oh, I had, yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, um, still good stuff. Like, Gina, what would you score out of? I mean, I really enjoyed the match. Again, I was happy that I got that win, so I gave it a five as well. Yeah, I gave it four and three quarters. Absolutely loved this. Uh, predictions? Well, Rogina strike back. They both went <laughs> hater, and silly team Jonty went for Storm, so it means everybody is on eight, which is left. Next match, AEW World Tag Team Championship, the Acclaim versus Swerve. In our glory. For the third time, teams faced off. Bones was forced to overcome a shoulder injury that the challengers exploited early and frequently through the match. He course was less than 100% and the weak link early on. He powered through low and with Case to overcome a unified effort by Strickland and Lee to regain the titles. But he gun arrived, preventing Strickland from snapping Case's fingers with a pair of pliers. Fate similar to that suffered by Daddy Ass. And when frustration starting late, Swerve smacked his partner, causing Keith Lee to walk out on him, allowing their claim to down the lone member of the challenging team. Successful title defence. Uh, Gina, I mean, what do you think of this? Again, I should say the rap, so we didn't mention the rap, but your team's going to die like Twitter. I mean, Kaysen with extra rappers. Uh, what were you um, like, I really enjoyed this match. I, I didn't know how well this match was going to be received because of the trios tag match went so hard earlier in the in the night and obviously the crowd was still quite hyped from Jamie's match and Jamie's win so um i think they they took that energy and they just put it all into this match as well and both teams just gave it their all the rap at the beginning was just brilliant it just i love how he always personalizes it to sort of recent news so everyone can kind of like relate to what he's rapping about and just put that in against the match against their opponents and it doesn't even matter if they're jobbers or not he still personalizes it for whoever he's like face they're facing um which is just clever and great but the match again it was just great there was a worry at one point like are we going to have a similar situation to the trios match because there were similar aspects in terms of you know, it's where wanting Keith to go full hill with him. And, you know, he has this weird obsession with these tires. So he's wanting Keith to use these tires, become a dentist, you know, look at Brett, DMD. <laughs> um, so for, for him, for me, I was quite worried we're just going to get a similar situation with what happened with Ray Fenix finally giving in to Pac, sort of antagonizing him and convincing him to go heel. Um, but we actually got the complete opposite, which I think is quite nice and fresh to have two similar situations, but see two different outcomes in the same night. Um, I thought it was really good to see, you know, Keith go, do you know what? Screw this. If this is how you want to be, mate, like you carry on. But that ain't that ain't my cup of tea. So, yeah, you guys, you have your fun with him. And I just love how he kind of walked off and left it. Because, again, I don't think I saw that coming. Um, and so I was just as shocked. So it was it was a great match for me, and I gave it four and a quarter. Quarter, but Swerve is a star. I was upset there's no FTR um, involved at all. Oh yeah, Swerve is just he's just brilliant. I want to be his best friend. I mean, he's just got so much swag about him still that even when he's being a heel, he's just so cool. You know, so um, yeah, I I still got to give props to Swerve and commit into his character. Yeah, can I ask? I mean, this might be the elephant. What the fuck was Keith Lee wearing? Does anybody know? Oh, you don't understand that. Oh, was wow. Jack, 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 Jack. 
saying is I can't get past what Keith Lee is wearing. That's all she could I say. Uh, uh, no, right. So were they, are they, are those shorts or were they like too small to be trousers? Like I couldn't tell. It was really baffling. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but this wasn't my favourite look for Keith Lee. What the fuck was it? Do you have any idea? What the fuck? <laughs> what was Remember, you remember that, uh, I don't know, it was a very obscure match. Remember when Triple H wrestled at Chamber, I think, injured? Oh, <laughs> and he had the girdle yeah. on. Yeah. The girdle. I remember Because he was hurt. Yeah, yes. that's what it kind of reminded I... me of, just a longer version yeah. of that, that girdle that didn't. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think that's what, maybe he was trying to kind of match Swerve's pants gear, but it was, it was off. It was off. I'll beat you. But yeah. it definitely reminded me of Triple H's girl. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. But it's that not a proper said it, I... Yeah, it's not a proper split yet, though. And uh, even though the crowd were getting tired, they still cheered and booed a fan getting kicked. So, you know, you talk about certain things the crowd interacts with or doesn't. Um Did they? What yeah. happened? Did was that on was that on like the T V? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, they chanted doing? asshole while Keith Lee was just doing thing, and it sounded like they were chanting asshole at Keith Lee for some reason, but they really were talking about a guy in the crowd. Even as Scalabar oh. had to mention it because it was just it was just too obvious, and everybody was oh. looking elsewhere. I must, I must have missed I that. I totally missed that too. I totally missed it. You were probably celebrating the women's title victory. Still. Yeah, yeah. Know. it was still high. That went to be small. <laughs> champagne everywhere you know what it's like, like uh, but this was good let's move on from that feud um jackson what did you score that of? i mean i thought it was a good match so i'll give it a four and a quarter what about you three and three quarters four uh better than some of the previous matches predictions we all went acclaimed we're all on nine it's just like all on nine points at this point it's still really good scores i know it's not going to affect anything in the end but still to get this <laughs> it's still quite impressive. And then the main event, one last match. Match 13, AEW World Champion. John Moxley versus MJF. MJF came out twice because he wasn't happy <laughs> with the first one. Mox gave us a finger and then hit Regal with the strap. But I'm sure it will be no issue for William. We get chance of him <laughs> and new champs built from the stands prior to the opening bell. The match started interestingly enough. The combatants kind of reversing roles. Moxley worked hill, while MJF shows signs of the gutsy, resilient babyface whose destiny awaited him. MJF teased the dive, but instead ran the ropes and posed for the fans' adulation. Moxley beat down his challenger, then Moxley bowed as the fans rained down with a course of his direction. MJF delivered a tombstone pole driver on the ring apron, but screamed in agony. Why did he not tombstone Mox through that table? I just... It just it got me at that point. I just thought <laughs> the table is right there. And look what you've done to yourself. You deserve that now. You really deserve it. Uh, I hate stupid wrestlers sometimes. <laughs> it really does get on my nerves. Moxley, low looked like he was loving life. And when Moxley wrestles like this, you realise how good he actually is. Capitalising the injury um, and hitting a pile driver on MJ through a table. Beating the hell out of the injured leg. And at the knee, applying the champion, delivered an avalanche paragraph shift. But MJF got his finger on the bottom rope in a break. I mean, you could say it was similar to that of um, Owens versus Jericho at WrestleMania 33. But hey, uh, MJF pulled referee Bryce Rimsberg and a path from Moxley. 
then retrieved the dynamite diamond ring. At the demand of winning Regal, he tossed the ring away. MJF then tapped out to the bulldog choke, uh, but referee Paul Turner was bumped too. And then it happened. After weeks of vowing to win fairly, of claiming he had to win straight up to prove himself, he revealed collusion with none other than William Regal, who slid MJF the brass knuckles, and after betraying blow, covered mocks, and your new AEW world champion, MJF. And they do say, prick, the devil ever pulled, convincing the world. Monty, I did not. You you did? No, the, the, no, the regal bit. No, I saw MJF. No. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. You didn't my bad, regal my bit. bad, yeah. You know, regal's the devil. Honestly, That's the whole point. If people... Gotcha. Yeah, regal's, regal's the, the devil, devil here. Gotcha. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> the only reason why I would say I wasn't as shocked is, um, pardon me, but the internet sucks because like, I saw on Reddit people uh, continuing the conversation after Dynamite leading up to this fight. Oh, man, I don't know, man. Regal's involvement is kind of, you know, giving me, you know, vibes that he could do this. So I had kind of already got tipped off to it. But like you mentioned, the little the little bit, the little detail of Mox would even, I guess, I wouldn't say much attitude. I mean, Moxley is attitude. So even that, you wouldn't notice at first is going to be something that caused Regal to do it. But it was something about uh, Regal's involvement in this story that always kind of said, okay, maybe he did have a chance of doing this. Uh, but the fight, oh man, the match ended up being really good to me. I thought both guys looked great. Moxley went with the flow with the crowd over there in Jersey. Uh, basically, like you said, throwing middle fingers, playing it up as being the heel in the match. MJF played babyface well, but you know, you could, I, again, we all already, I think, knew that MJF was not going to stick it out because it's just like you, everything about him throughout his tenure have shown you don't believe a, a word that comes out of his mouth. So, Again, I, I maybe that that that's good on him that he's that his character is that set in stone that no one buys him turning babyface. But the storytelling in this match was great. I thought it had uh, actually more storytelling than most of the matches on this card, and I really liked uh, it. Even though I think the finish, even with the uh, the nuts and all that, was kind of predictable to me. Uh, but I do think this is the right move in my opinion because uh, you know. Uh, even with Regal in this position, I want to see that they're going to do more with Regal uh, with MJL other than just, you know, guest commentary every now and then. Because as much as I think I love the Blackpool Combat Club, most of that club don't really need Regal. <laughs> it's, you know, other than Yuta, maybe, possibly. But which one of them needs Regal? Like, that, you know, once they had the branding of being together in a club. So that's why he ended up just doing commentary for the most part, even though he's doing his job greatly with those promos when he when he had chances to do that. Uh, so I would love to see this his dynamic with MJF and all of that. Like, that story that they told at the beginning was so personal. I would love to see where it goes from here. And hopefully Tony can do what he has had trouble doing so far a lot of times, and that is making these reigns as interesting as the chase uh, is so hopefully MJF rain turn out that way. So I end up giving this entire thing four and a half. So, well, the thing is, is that I hope now, like Regal becomes a right cunt towards Excalibur on commentary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I, I was joking. Fuck you. Like, just <laughs> That's what I want. Um, as for the like I said, a lot to delve in there. Uh, Mox and Maroon, and the crowd were into it. And like I said, it felt like an old-style match work. Regal 
at least. And uh, I mean, like I said, might not be a big shock, but to go through with it and to think what happened to Blackpool Combat Club now is interesting. Um, but I mean, Jackson, what were your thoughts on this this main event? Because I think it definitely delivered, and it's a result we. Oh yeah, definitely. I think all of us kind of saw some part of this match happening. You know, um, I definitely caught it in terms of saying that there was going to be some form of interaction with outside people. However, I thought it was going to be that, you know, MJF had really just set this all up with Stokely Hathaway and, you know, you'd have the guys get involved um, towards the end just to get him to win. And then he would turn around and be like, oh, yeah, well done, well done, you know. So that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, the shock with William Regal did come because I questioned it for a bit, but I also didn't really read into it that much because I just thought to myself that Regal comes across like a overprotective father uh, towards John Moxie and uh, Brian Danielson. So I didn't see it coming for sure. Um, that being said, I do agree with you guys. Now that you've said it, I'm very much looking forward to like asshole Regal on commentary. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the interactions he has with Excalibur because he's always been known as man in the mask. And I know, I wonder if it's going to change and be like oh, the idiot in the mask over there, mm. you know? So it's going to be interesting to see the, the dynamic change. I also have to agree with Monty. The more that I think about it and the more that I look at it, probably only Utah was really benefiting from being sort of, uh, in in a club that's associated with someone like Regal, um, I don't really feel like Claudio, uh, Brian Danielson, or John Moxie really remotely need um, William Regal. Maybe just to rein in John Moxie's uh, anger. Sometimes that was probably you know what he was best at doing. Um, so I'm I'm definitely intrigued to see where things go from here. And can I just put on a different side? I'm so thoroughly pleased to know that John Moxie is going to get his holiday. I'm really happy. Have just... have some good decent time off. Thank you for your work. Go and rest and go and be with your baby girl and your wife. What would you score that for? I mean, I'm going to give it a 4.9 because I thought it was really good. I said it's upsetting about Blackpool Combat Club because it seems such quite quite and good concept and it just feels like it's going to be a trivia question in five years time now so if you can remember the claudio brian and uh mox were in together again might change it out just feels a bit convoluted with the regal mgf thing like i said with stokely hathaway and all that going on as well but again different layers you know to become an onion and it makes us want to watch dynamite because we want to hear what mgf and Re- uh expression was oh definitely Definitely. That's going to be the juiciest thing that's going to happen on Dynamite, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Gina, what were your thoughts on these shenanigans? <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree with my sister. Um, I think I'm more of an oblivious watcher when I'm watching wrestling. Um, and I did not, I totally didn't see William Regal at all turning at this point. I really didn't. <laughs> um, so for me, I think I was the the one that was the most shocked by by his turn. I did see MJF winning this, so that wasn't the shock. It was more William Regal's betrayal. But as you, you're all saying, I can't wait to hear William Regal calling Excalibur a toe rag and things like that as well. I just love heel William Regal. He was great like that in WWE when he actually wrestled. So just to see, you know, Daddy William Regal be being the biggest planet ever is something I look forward to now. <laughs> Um, I definitely enjoyed the match. And again, I think John Moxley just always puts in a great performance. So 
there were there were times that I was actually like, wait, is he actually going to get this? But then, nah, it definitely was always going to go to MJF. So um, I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, like I said, it starts the MJF era off. Uh, worst case, worst thing they can do is like Regal go. Now I just help them for the night. I'll go back to Black Ball Combat Club and Moxie's out. Just wouldn't have this. Uh, I'm going to give that four and a half um, of five. And predictions, we all went MJF. So the final scores, we all finish on ten. So that means prediction league final scores. Uh, as we know, that Monty and Gina finish on two. Jaxi on three on four but we'll go into points with that because we got next month the year-end predictions where everything will go uh, so we'll look at a the show in itself um and the match of the night me's title match i would say would it be fair Jaxi, that in women's match for you as well yep at uh, gina what about you or ricky um i'm actually going with the trio's tag match for my match of the night it was just so good and there were so many spots that was amazing so <laughs> Uh, we got that. Uh, Monty, what about you? It's like MJF and Mark. And then we look at MVP of the night. For me, MVP, ah, it's pulling it. Got to go really regal. <laughs> it's just fun to see the Hill regal again. Like I said, if it works, it works well. And, you know, MJF wouldn't want a title without him. So that's my MVP of the night. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Uh, I actually went with uh, Jungle Boy. For my MVP, because I I was really impressed uh, with his performance in that steel cage match. Um, and I watched the media scrum after and his face is mashed. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him. I gave him that. But I also did give um, a female MVP to Jamie Hayter because she won. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Monty, what about your MVP? Yeah, I have to agree with you on the difference with me, James, that I'll just take a little bit. I raise you one, you know, Brit. Put add Jamie. So it's like regal and Jamie hater. Uh, and Gina, what about you? See, I legit have this written down in my notebook. Okay, I've got Jamie Hater as my MVP of the night, but I put William Regal is my VIP NPC, non-playable character. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, I'm, I'm going to stick with those two. <laughs> yeah, that's just- brilliant. I'll add Jamie Hayter and we'll have it across. Uh, and then finally, out of 10, Jaxi, what are you going to score? In what- I mean, overall, I think that every match delivered uh, to a certain calibre where it was it made the whole pay-per-view feel like a pay-per-view worthy show to watch. Um, there were so many spots that we really just couldn't have done justice. So if anyone is w- listening to this and haven't watched it, please go back and watch it because these matches are really great and the wrestlers put in the hard work for it um i gave it an eight out of ten overall i thought it was good uh monty what were your thoughts on the show yeah overall it was very good i did think it like i said as a lot of these shows are when you got this many matches it did run long but it didn't drag like a lot of the other shows have uh it did a good job for the most part of showing me a good time and if i have any complaint it'll be that some of those matches like i said had too many false finishes I just think sometimes AEW, every match, they need to understand that every match cannot be the show stealer. And I know all they all the matches seem to try sometimes. And that can be like sometimes my only problem with the way these shows are paced out sometimes. But I still thought this was very enjoyable. And I agree with you, Jackson. I gave it 8 out of 10. And Gina, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, there was no complaints from me. I think I said earlier in the show that um, there wasn't really a bad match on the card for me. I think the only thing is, as you guys have mentioned, is just the length. It was just such a long time. I was so excited to be able to watch it live on a Saturday night, but I still couldn't exactly stay up as long as it was on. I was so tired. So um, just because of the length of time, I, I went with 8 out of 10 as well. Yeah, I mean, there's still two or three matches too long. I watched over two nights, which did help it go down well. But the problem is, when you start that second night and you've got Sting, uh, you've got that tag match, you, that wasn't really needed there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can actually pick the matches. But again, AW pay-per-view. It's the first AW pay-per-view in a while. I've actually been more positive coming out of it than I have before. It's down to MJF and Re- So I'm going to give that an eight and a half out of 10 good stuff overall Jaxie you said you watched the media scrum was there anything interesting there um yeah there were a couple of uh really uh well-placed questions I I think that came from the media um you know one discussing uh any potential plans you know for uh the return of Andrade and Miro um in which Tony was very much confident when saying uh you know he's uh sure that once they return um uh they'll know exactly where uh they're going to be slotted into um and he has uh you know high hopes for both of them so i think there's still plans there for them uh they also sort of discussed uh the the two adams um whether or not he's spoken with them how they're doing and things he confirmed that they're both you know in in a good recovery state um and he was like you know uh, i have no doubt that they'll uh you know, slot straight back into sort of storylines really quickly. Um, so uh, he's hoping that will something will kind of uh, something he'll be able to give a bit more of a better uh, idea on timing wise um, in in the upcoming weeks. Uh, so that was like sort of a, another positive. Um, there was a good uh, sort of uh, discussion for uh, Jamie uh, Hater. Um, she came on uh, and they discussed this whole. You know, what we discussed on on the live show um, about this whole interim thing um, and how long potentially we could see Thunder Rosa being out for. Um, And Tony had sort of just discussed this in front of Jamie um, and Jamie kind of like winced at the word interim um, when it was first sort of like said. Uh, And yeah, Tony basically in a nutshell said... um, we are going to be looking into the length of time that it might take for Thunder Rosa to come back. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll, there'll be time for some discussion about whether or not we sort of take the interim away, um, but allow Thunder Rosa to come back in her own time um, and challenge back for the belt then. Um, so he has said that that's been in discussion. Um, and I think that was one thing that we were, all, all of us were sort of discussing and, and, as to whether or not this is going to stick around. So uh, there, it was a really good media scrum, to be honest. And MGF, not yeah, to talk about. Jamie also, Jamie also mentioned, um, because she was asked about um, whether Brit will have her eye on the belt now that she has it. And she said, well, if Brit does have her eye on the belt, then I would welcome it because I mm-hmm. would find a challenge from a friend that I'm really close to more more important to see through and and fulfill on so that Mm. was interesting as well yeah and then mjf just came on and just um shouted shit at the media 
Like I really, I don't even think that they asked, they got to ask him a single question. He just ranted and rambled at them, gave them shit, and walked off. So. Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm going to literally end this episode. We'll do the normal outro, but I'll end with how MJF left his, which is... (laughs) Anybody got any questions? Just kidding. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Uh, The champ is fucking out, baby. Yeah, that was... Like I said, if no one's seen the MJF promo, go and watch it. I'm sure they will play it on Dynamite. It's so funny. So funny. That is it for today's show. Like we said, we got through it. I thought it might be a little bit longer, uh, but luckily, uh, I guess <laughs> faith is on our side at this moment. So that is it for today. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter, the podcast, I'm at the Dubbinar JR. You can find the entire Dubbinar to Banner or Monty. Where can I find you? You <laughs> can click the link in my bio <laughs> at Mind Monty Pod on Twitter, or you can. Type in Mind of Monty on YouTube. I think I might be having a stroke. Uh, Jaxie, where can people find you? Um, I'm across both Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. Yeah. And finally... Yeah, you can find me on both at Purple Pain. The Dubbinar also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all Google platforms, send us an email at dubbinarpodcast.gmail.com. YouTube, Dubbinar Podcast, for latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, right there. So that is it. Our next episode is WWE Survivor 2000, and it is War Games, and it is going to be Jackson versus Monty, basically, in the predictions for that. But no pressure, Jaxie. You know, like, no pressure, Monty. You know, because... I, I got this. I got this. This is the first time for both. So Monty might not be saying anything, <laughs> yeah. but he feels... A- no, no, I don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it's, it is. What it's gonna be, my boy. Bring like what Melo say. What Melo Hayes. It is what it is. And it's, that's what it's gonna be. Monty, don't Bring miss. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be fun. Me and Gina can sit back like we have today. Uh, but until I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I shall. I shall indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. But anyway, let's go. So until then, I've been James Rowlands. I've been joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Like I said, good luck on Saturday. Well, thank you. I am I definitely am going to need it, but I've got some confidence here, so bring it on. Uh, of course, the mind of Monty. Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. And I'd say best of luck, because I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I realized it yet, but something big is happening this weekend, right? Uh, no. Um <laughs> Thank you. Um, you can wish me the luck, but I must say that it's going to go how it's going to go. I plan on winning. So just get ready. And the genius, which is Gina, but you already know, you already knew I was going to say your name because like I said, you can see into the future. So you know these things. So Gina, what I want to know, Monty Jackson, just tune to Who's going to win between the two? Have you seen the future? No blood bias, please. Feel, I feel like I won't be able to make a decision until I drink a glass of gin. The G site only works once I've drank some gin. So <laughs> oh, God. Wait until Saturday. That, that was like such a sly way of getting out of that. <laughs> um, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I did I did put you on the spot. I mean, I'm, I'm back in Jaxi, but I mean, I don't want to get in the way of anything going on, you know. <laughs> I'm not here to pick sides. Monty, you've got this. Uh, but, like, you know, it's actually... <laughs> I'll say it like it is. 
<laughs> you just played both sides. You're a double agent. Uh, Olympic yeah. instigator. <laughs> yeah. You all know, you know if, there, if a fight breaks out, you all know who instigated it. Exactly. <laughs> William Regal. Yeah, it was Regal all along. Like it said. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have been James Rowlands. Uh, we are live. Let's not forget pre-show Saturday, 8pm. We are live again for Survive Series War Games. Like, fantastic show. Uh, and weirdly enough as well, I've not actually mentioned, it will be the 450 WNR. Don't worry, I've got nothing special planned. Uh, but that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, bye. <laughs>